0: Hello and welcome to the Doula and Midwife Podcast with me, the virtual midwife Karen Wilmot, and Charlene Yarrod West, founder of Relax Into Birth Online Hypnobirthing. We came together to bring you Relax Into Birth Plus, which is our comprehensive online antenatal course focusing on labor, birth, and beyond. It features extensive hypnobirthing techniques and a deep understanding of the physiology of birth, as well as methods to avoid unnecessary medical interventions. We've always got so much to share and this podcast was born so that we can get together once a week and talk about birth stories, give you birthing world updates and every now and again we also interview birth workers from around the world. The other thing that we do is we answer your burning questions about pregnancy, birth and motherhood and think about us as if we're just sitting in the kitchen and having a conversation because that's pretty much what we do once a week. So Charlene, um, hey, it's good to see you again and um, I thought that today would be great to talk about when to call your doula and what actually happens because we thought that possibly we wouldn't be able to record today one of your clients water broke in the early hours of this morning and... Yeah.
1: You're waiting for that call to go in and join her in hospital. I've been waiting since this morning, early hours of this morning. <laughs> Interrupted sleep. <laughs> yes, um, then not that it's a bad thing, of course, because that's the call. That's what we. That's the call of a midwife and doula, even mid, even Guyanese obstetricians. You know, they also await the call, and you just got to take it in your stride. It is as it is, <laughs> and unfortunately very often it is in the early hours no, of the morning. Between 12 and 6.
0: Those wee, the witching hours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you got one of those calls, early hours of this morning, and...
1: Quarter yeah. past one this morning, and I sat bolt upright in Doing. the bed, <laughs> I'm like, okay. I have a new ringtone, which is my son singing a song, <laughs> so that woke everybody up. I just consider changing it to a more calm ringtone. But besides that, my phone is always on loud. We have to make sure of that so that we never miss a birth. 24-7. And I always say, never ever WhatsApp me or just never. send a text. Never. Because I'll miss your birth. I'm going to be sleeping. It's happened to me. My WhatsApp's always on silent. It's happened to you.
0: It's happened to me. They sent me a WhatsApp. When I didn't respond within the next 20-30 minutes, they didn't send another WhatsApp. They didn't call me. I saw the WhatsApp... probably four hours later, because they'd sense it at sort of 3 in the morning. I woke up at 7, went driving around there to the house. They'd already left to go to the hospital, flew to the hospital, and it was damage control, basically.
1: Yeah, you can't be texting your midwife for your dealer to come.
0: No, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yes, definitely a call, because it's also, that call is such an opportunity to ask those really important questions like what time did it start, what are you feeling, how regular are the sensations coming, how are you coping with them at the moment, and then give advice, you know, because very often, especially if it's a first-time mom, and I'm sure that, you know, that you'll agree with this, is that first-time moms will very often call it the very first twinge. Yes. And then just that reassurance that it's okay, um, you know, go and distract yourself, or if it is the witching hour and not much is happening, to encourage her to go back to sleep, not because you want to get more sleep, but because it's so important that she gets more sleep, because you don't want her to get into active labor absolutely exhausted.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I tell them, is to go back to sleep. But that's the beauty, not always. You don't always need to go back to sleep. But that's the beauty of having a doula and a midwife absolutely. in the wings. Waiting <coughs> um, on call for you because we can give you have that conversation yeah. with you, and it's to ascertain whether it's a good enough good time or not to go to the hospital, or to have your home birth, to have your midwife come around, or to stay and rest. It, it really is long conversation actually.
0: It is, but um, I also really believe it has plays a big part in changing the birth outcome is knowing where to be in early labor and how to be, where and how to be in early labor. Yes. Because if not much is happening and you are able to go back to sleep or rest or just distract yourself and get on with stuff, then it allows the, the rhythm to get established. And that's really what you're looking for is rhythm.
1: It's so important to chill at home. For as long as you possibly can before going into hospital if you're having a hospital birth. Yeah. Because then you're lowering your chances of interventions and prodding and proking. Prodding and poking. <laughs> prodding and poking. <laughs> 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 I know very often I
0: think what happens is um, without realizing it, they think that possibly things will happen faster and quicker if they're in hospital. And actually the opposite is true.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: You know, your labour is going to go at its own pace. It won't necessarily go any faster if you change your environment. In fact, it's more important that you're in your safe, comfortable, homely environment Mm. to get that rhythm
1: established. In fact, it can slow it down if you do change scenery too early and Mm. it's uncomfortable and it's new. You will get into the rhythm of the space
0: Mm.
1: if you do have to leave, Um, but it can take a while to get back into that rhythm that, you res- that you've established at home.
0: Mm. Let's talk a little bit about the hormones that are involved that um, impact that rhythm. Okay. Um, you could start if you like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, obviously the big one is endorphins, mm-hmm. and that's important for early labor as well because it can put you into a nice, relaxed, almost aloof space. Mm and headspace of mind and body, and it's nature's own natural painkiller, mm-hmm. they say, they say, <laughs> 200 times stronger than any morphine you'd get through an IV. So you need endorphins too, and that's when you can just chill with your birth partner, on the bed, Netflix and chill, binge watch Netflix. Maybe a little bit of sex and orgasms if you can. Throw them Always in. up with
0: the sex, Charlene.
1: <laughs> Throw them into the mix <laughs> if you're up for it. But you know, I think if I think back to my early labor, my own self, there was no way I was letting my husband near me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that's not happening. That wouldn't have happened to me. And so, um, endorphins. So you could do something like light touch massage, set up the room beautifully so that it's a very calm environment, your music if you want. Some people bake a cake. <laughs> yes, that's an old thing. Yeah, that's an old thing because of the amount of time it takes
0: yeah. to get things going. It's also quite a nice analogy, isn't it? Yeah. It really is.
1: Yeah, because you're detached. Yeah. You're just going through the recipe. And it's a birthday mistakes. cake.
0: It's a I mean, it is literally cake. you're making a birthday cake. I exactly. just love it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great thing to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that old thing.
0: That old chestnut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, endorphins. And our biggie for labor is obviously oxytocin. We want oxytocin to flow. Mm. So, that gets stronger as labor intensifies, mm. or it causes labor to intensify. Mm. And that happens when you're not feeling threatened, or in a panic-stricken state, and you're not f- running for your life. And fearful. well, it's the love hormone, isn't it's it? Oxytocin
0: is the love hormone. So cuddles and kisses. Yeah, and just just um, calm. It's it's a calm. calm, calming. And you know the thing with with both those hormones is we can't see them or feel them or whatever. We only see we only feel the effects. But as oxytocin levels arise, and what happens in the body is that physically the surges start becoming more regular, and you get that rhythm that we've been talking about. And in response to that, your body releases those endorphins to help you cope with those increasing sensations and the increasing intensity of sensations. But also, as you said, taking you into that altered state of consciousness. So. That's why your emotional state and the way you look to your partner and anybody who's with you gradually changes as you go deeper and deeper into the labour process and get into the zone, what we call yes. about, called the zone, yes. ultimately active labour, because really active labour is when you want to, if you are having a hospital birth, that's when you want to think about possibly going in.
1: And was it Iname Gaskin or Michelle O'Don who said... If you don't look like a goddess in labor, someone isn't treating you right.
0: <laughs> that sounds like Michelle O'Donnell.
1: Yes, because, and it's so true. Women look so beautiful. Oh my God, they're, they're so be- oh, yeah, so beautiful. They glow. They glow, and their curves, especially
0: in the birth pool. I don't yes. know if you, you just like see these beautiful curves, and yes.
1: yeah, it's lovely. It's so I beautiful. Know, t- And that comes also from just having the mother sinking into that labor and her birthing body and embracing and allowing the hormones to flow that she needs.
0: There's something also about oxytocin that I think is important for us to chat, and we talk about it as a love hormone, but it's also quite a shy hormone. And that's why staying at home in early labor is so important because it's your safe place, as you say. It's a yes. place where you feel the most comfortable. And it's harder to get into that oxytocin zone in the hospital, which is generally quite a clinical environment, and that you don't know, and you know you don't know the staff, so you, every time the door opens, you sort of alert yes. it to see who's coming in, what do they want, and very often yeah. it's just the cleaner coming in to empty the bin, yes. but that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. And each time there's a distraction like that, even though it's a completely harmless, silly one, it kind of... Snaps you out of where you want to and need to be going, yes. which is deeper and deeper into that oxytocin, endorphin bubble, mm-hmm. which allows that rhythm to to really settle in.
1: And on that note, melatonin. So the bright lights block melatonin exactly. in a clinical space, mm-hmm. and melatonin is what you produce when you go to bed at night, and it is mm-hmm. inhibited by a light source. Mm-hmm and it is facilitated by darkness and higher levels of oxytocin facilitated more uh, facilitate more melatonin and to cycle
0: yeah they all work together they, they all work, work in together. and we talk about that like symphony and yes. the harmony of those hormones working together and in our course you know um, there's a beautiful module about setting up your birth space and using little fairy lights and things, which you can do in hospital and yeah. is a wonderful way of doing that. So it's not just about having that those dim lights to be romantic, it's actually enhancing the experience. And I mean, you know, I mean, what it's the same when we have a candlelight dinner, isn't it? It's something yeah. different about having a dinner in a brightly lit restaurant.
1: Yes, and it's mimicking the home space in the hospital space. Mm. Mm. so that you can relax into that space mm-hmm. yeah.
0: and another thing that i know you're really good at doing as a dealer especially mm-hmm. when you're in the hospital is covering up you've got a whole bag full of beautiful cloths that you cover yes. up all the clinical equipment with yes just to kind of yeah also soften the environments make it a little bit less clinical
1: yes yeah and that's the reason why you would want to come back to our topic is to stay at home mm. for as long as possible mm. to to be in established labor by the time you get there so that maybe there's not even time to set up the space at hospital so beautifully
0: well that might be quite scary if moms hear that yes. so <laughs> let's <laughs> Cut like well no let's not cut it out but i mean let's kind of rephrase it and reframe it okay because i hear what you're saying and i completely agree with you but i think that's the that's um everybody's biggest fear is like if i stay at home too long yes. will it be too late you know how do i know that i'm not gonna get there too late so when you say that there's not enough time to set it up it would be that you still there's still time, but that's not your main priority at that stage. No, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's not arriving at the hospital and pushing your baby out. I mean, that's... Is okay, too. That could secretly be a bonus. But only for us. But... You know what I mean? (laughs)
0: Like, it might be a little bit... Unless you're completely in the zone, it can be a little bit overwhelming Overwhelming. or scary or whatever. Because... And only actually because... The hospital staff tend to panic when that happens.
1: Yes.
0: You know, in a home birth scenario, when the midwife arrives and and she arrives at the moment, the baby's crowning and everything's sort of happening, we just quietly slip in, we don't put on any lights, we've got a little grab bag that we carry on and there's no interruption because we understand the importance of staying in the zone and of not interrupting or not snapping her out or stimulating the release of adrenaline or anything but sometimes in a hospital environment where the way that they are primed to be with sure. you and to attend a birth is only in the labor room with the lights on, with everybody present, with you in a certain position. Yes. So there's this big flurry of activity to get you to do that. Yeah, and, um, That's true. I think that that's where it comes in, and that's when you snap into adrenaline, and then it's not that. Then you think something's wrong, or you they're saying don't push, don't push, and you're like, listen, I've just got to. Yes. You know. Um, So I think that's the only. It's
1: nine times out of ten, you get to the hospital, and you have more than enough time. Than More time. than enough time. More than enough time. It's a very small percentage of births where that I've attended that we get to the hospital and she's already pushing. Exactly. And so, certainly not
0: for a first time mom. No. You know, because... Then
1: we'd all be out of work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's also, you know, that's part of your preparation for the listeners is about understanding that and trusting that because there is so much time but then once again it comes back to having that trusted person either your doula or your midwife mm-hmm. who can guide you and inform because as your doula if you're there with her at home you are going to um well you yeah you you'll definitely you you're not going to wait to the last
1: minute
0: no you know you can sort of see that there's still a few hours but things are starting to pick up and also part of the doula's role is timing that move to the hospital so that you know there's enough time to set up that space yes. to get settled mm. and then get to that point
1: and generally we leave for the hospital when you're getting surges regularly three surges per 10 minutes and that ho- and and you're getting that consistently for an hour
0: and at that stage usually if it's a first-time mom you still got another four or five hours to go yes so that's plenty of time to get there to get settled to set up the space and get back into the zone because there will be a little bit of a shift yes. just because of the change in environment but once again That's where having someone who is trained to assist you with that will really help, plus all the tracks, because there's a track for that as well that you Mm. listen to when you're moving from one space to the other. So um,
1: it's also the mothers, that mothers have to tap into how they feel and if they are happy to stay at home as mm. well, because sometimes just being at home can slow down labour because in the back of their mind they are worried they know they still have to make the trip to yes. hospital yeah so it's it's also that yeah. trusting the mother's instinct around that yeah
0: couldn't agree more absolutely her instinct and her preference yes not everybody wants to be and some actually if they're very trusting and would prefer to get to hospital just in time yes and even if there is a flurry, they're so in the zone that they're not going to let any of that flurry and panic and everybody else jumping and running around bother them. They're just going to stand in the corridor and birth their baby.
1: I've been at a few second-time births like that. Yeah. And it's great, isn't and it? it is great because there's no... There's panic. There's almost no interventions happening.
0: Mm, yeah
1: you know yeah it's, it's fantastic in a way but I that a, is not right for everybody no really. it's
0: not and I think it's very much that is driven by the mom yes. very much driven by the mom and I've had one as well where she came in and um, I was actually working in the labor ward as a midwife so I heard this big flurry and bells and all sorts of things and the <laughs> ER staff came rushing up with this woman in a wheelchair and I could see she was calm as anything I mean she was so calm that I didn't really think she was in labor.
1: Wow. Well,
0: I knew she was in labor, but I mean, yes. I didn't think it was the birth was imminent. Yes. And then as she got close, I sort of heard a few grunting noises and everything, got her into the labor room, and she literally sort of stood up out of the wheelchair and birthed the baby whoop, into my hands, but super calm, no oh, worries amazing. at all, whatever. And I would say that was very much, you know, she knew what she was doing. Her yeah. preference. It wasn't like, oh, I'm here too late or anything. Everyone else is panicking. But it was fine.
1: Yes. So. There isn't a lot of drama. If you it doesn't have, it. it drama. doesn't have to be drama. It doesn't have to be drama filled. No. It's no. such an ordinary thing. Even women who just are on the loo and then they just move forward a little bit, stand yeah. up, push their babies out. You know, yeah. I always see
0: these um, YouTube videos of babies that are born in cars and the the narrative that is... If there's a voice over it's like yes. oh five minutes later and the, you know something could have happened and yeah. all sorts of things but the reality is if you switch that off and you just look at what's happening the baby's coming and she births it and it's all fine yeah. and nobody does anything yeah at all yeah all she does is put her feet up on the dashboard
1: they say oh the baby's born and five firemen came to cut the cord everybody's panicking and it's
0: crazy he's actually because
1: the hero here. exactly yeah
0: <laughs> exactly she did it all herself yeah, in a speeding car 120 yeah. kilometers down the highway <laughs> with her husband <laughs> freaking out exactly. and trying to hold the phone <laughs> at the same time exactly. so you know um we've got to just put it into perspective but i do understand if it's your first time that is not a th- thought you'd really want to entertain nobody really wants to have their baby in the car certainly not partners yes I did have a baby once in the back of a Porsche Cayenne
1: oh no <laughs> <laughs> and am took fluid for days
0: <laughs> and it was like nice. his worst nightmare nice. <laughs> yes so um <laughs> and she was fine it was great it was actually, it was, yeah, it was a beautiful birth. There's
1: an article that you can find online about it. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, I always tell the dads, as I'm with the mother in the house, you know, so they're faffing around getting the bags and getting the car packed, is to put some towels down on the back seat Yeah. and a bucket in case she feels nauseous. So then... Just be prepared. Be yeah, just be prepared. Rebecca,
0: that one's for you if you're listening. <laughs> Lovely memories. <laughs> yeah.
1: It happens. Yeah. Babies happen. They Meco- do. Meconium happens.
0: Yeah, that's, another, that's, that's a subject for another podcast. No, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we've answered that question sufficiently? I know we've covered lots of angles, but really that's what we do in this podcast, is we talk about it from all perspectives Yeah. and encourage you to kind of explore it and see see where you're at you know are you on this are you sort of sitting where the thought of having your baby in the car or getting there too late terrifies you what are you going to do about it or are you okay to stay at home much longer where do you think you'd like to be start thinking ahead
1: Um, there are two more angles the first the first question is uh, mothers often ask so who do they call first to let them know that things are starting to happen
0: you mean the doula or the midwife, and, or the doctor? Or
1: even the doctor or the hospital. Okay. And the other thing was, when you're having a home birth, how, when you're having a home birth, when to call the midwife to come? Because the doula often arrives before yes. the midwife.
0: Okay, so question number one. Yes. Who to call first? Yes. If you're having a hospital birth. Yeah, well, I, to be honest with you, I don't think you should ever... I mean, m- most doctors don't give out their numbers.
1: No.
0: So, and they don't really want to be told that you're in labour. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think there's any point in calling the hospital to tell them you're on their way, because that's what labour rooms do. Mm. They're prepared for people to come in and labour. They, they that's yeah. That's like calling your... um. You know, I know you have to book your car in for a service, but I don't like call them when I'm on the way to say I'm bringing my car in. Exactly. They're waiting for me. That's what they do. Yes. So you don't need to call your hospital either, especially, you know, if most hospitals will have your file. You know, you go in, you, they pull up your file, and that's it. Yes. So I would say it would be your doula or your midwife, and I think that would depend on the relationship that you have with either or both of them. And, um, yeah. And
1: obviously there's some times when, so for example, if... The waters have broken, and the waters are not clear to pink. The midwife, the midwife, or even phone the hospital midwife at that point. Yes, um, if they're, but if the waters are clear to pink and the baby's moving nicely, then you can sleep. Until morning,
0: but I think it's always a good idea to call to be reassured because it's very difficult when you don't know yes. what clear even means. You and know, the
1: doula is non-medical, so we can't make that call. Yeah,
0: so then you'd call your midwife. Yes. But if you're uncertain, you think you're in labor, you're just niggling, you're out having lunch, and things are feeling a little bit whatever. Yeah, call your doula. And I think the other thing is, if you call the doula and she's not certain or she thinks she ne- she need more information. Yes. Then you call, she's going to say, I think you need to speak to your midwife. Yeah. Or you might call your midwife and she says, it's not for me, call your doula. Yes. And that's where I also think having a doula midwife team works really well. Or mid, yes. Most midwives do yes. know all the doulas that generally work. So yes. then it's a, it's a good.
1: And it might just mean that you need to pop into the hospital for a quick CTG check and then they'll let you go home.
0: Or if it's a home birth that maybe the midwife will pop in and yeah. check and, and see what's actually happening because sometimes we need to visually see and be yes. in the room and kind of feel what's happening and other times we can sense what's happening over the phone.
1: And that's when a midwife would could also call the doula to say, please can you come spend a few hours here? Exactly. Maybe for the whole time or you just spend a few hours here relaxing the mom and then leave. Yes.
0: Yeah. So there's lots of variations on that one.
1: I think that's what I love about home birth is that there's so many options. It gives you more options around your labor, especially Mm. early labor. Mm. And the doula can stay with you for as long as you like. You know, you can always decide at a home birth you don't want to have a home birth. But you can't decide that at a hospital once you're there. Please, let me go home now. (laughs) 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 So I like that you have that flexibility. (laughs) It could be like, sorry, these home birth vibes are not for me. I'm going to the hospital. But you can't do the same with With hospital hospital birth. So
0: there's lots of things to think about, Mm -hmm. lots of questions, and we encourage you to explore those. Send us a question if you want, and we can answer it on our podcast. And if you haven't already, have a little look around our Relax into Birth Plus course, which covers all these things, as well as giving you actual tools that you can use. So that's
1: it. So every week we cover topics of pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. We read your letters and we interview relevant people to bring you the most up-to-date information in every podcast and we offer advice and tips to cover all bases whatever the topic we're covering so we share recommendations and we also share some anecdotes both funny and serious and if you enjoyed our podcast today and have not look through the menu and check out the others that we've done please help us to keep going by sharing with your friends and any other pregnant moms you come across our comprehensive antenatal course is also up for grabs on our website so go check it out and as always yours in pregnancy and beyond thank you for listening and see you next week
0: see you next week